Hey everyone, it's Imogen. I've snuck back for one final episode, and actually this episode is kind of a funny story, because back in March of this year, I recorded this episode with the founders of a startup called Own Home. Own Home is an Aussie startup that early this year raised a $31 million Series A from Squarepeg and the Commonwealth Bank to help solve the housing access problem in Australia. But the episode never got finished because after recording it, I sat stunned for like 20 minutes and within a week, I'd quit my job at Squarepeg and had signed on the dotted line to join the Own Home team full time. The Squarepeg team have graciously handed back the mic to share a newly recorded version of our conversation with one of Own Home's founders, James. James and Tim, Own Home's other co-founder, are two of the brightest, kindest, most ambitious people I know. And having been lucky enough to work for Squarepeg for almost five years, I feel like my barometer for these kinds of people is finely tuned. Today we're going to tackle one of the biggest problems facing my generation and every generation following, and that is housing access. In 2021, house prices in Sydney grew almost 1100 bucks a week. And despite interest rates rising in the past few months, house prices remain more than 20% above pre-COVID levels. Now, if the average Aussie saves about 900 bucks a month, for each month of 2021, despite saving that $900, they were a further 3500 bucks behind. For some quick math, if you're on the average wage in Brisbane buying the average house, saving the average amount of money, you're saving for 21 years for a 20% deposit. And that's assuming the house valuation doesn't grow in the meantime. This is so wild to me and so worrying when the impact of home ownership is so clear. On average, homeowners retire with 20 times the wealth of renters. This problem could not be more acute and it's growing. And today's episode is about one company, now my company, which is trying to fix the problem. Home ownership and wealth inequality remain one of the greatest challenges to our society. And we're solving the housing affordability crisis facing our country by paving a new path to home ownership, addressing the barrier many face in initially saving for a home deposit. And that's the barrier that many face in achieving the security and freedom of home ownership. Own Home supports hardworking Australians by allowing you to save for your home while you live in it. In terms of how do we do that? Well, once approved, Own Home finds, negotiates and purchases your home. You take the keys and move in immediately while building your security deposit through simple fortnightly payments. And when ready, any time after two years, you buy the home at the pre-agreed price with your secured deposit and become a homeowner. The model is broadly called rent to own, and the service itself is more than just the financial instrument that allows customers to move into their homes without needing 20% upfront because it's tackling the whole home buying experience. In fact, the customer experience of Own Home is pretty revolutionary because buying a home is not only financially expensive, it's also super tricky. And Own Home has a dedicated team of home buying pros to hurdle the toughest parts. There's three really important parts to unpack here. So one is the home hunting and property due diligence. So we're helping you find your home. So we're scouring the market on your behalf. We're also handling all the complexity around building and pest inspections. You know, we'd reject on average two out of every three homes that either we uncover for our customers or our customers 
put to us. And a really good example of one of these rejections would be a home where there was a vendor-supplied building report that provided a clean bill of health for a property. But we obtained our own building and pest inspection report only to discover really extensive termite damage with the recommendation from that building inspector that it was only worth the land value and would need to be rebuilt. And so we saved our customer what would have been a lifetime of pain on that property. Our second is valuation and negotiation. So our focus is fundamentally on securing great homes at great prices. And the guiding principle here is that we won't overpay to get a customer into a home. And how we do this is A, applying data, and not just the data that everyone has access to, but our own research. And B, a second important element here is bringing negotiation power and expertise to bear on behalf of our customer. You know, everyone has a story of an agent telling them that just 10 more K will get it done. And that experience of sort of the boiled frog, so to speak, in that negotiation journey. We've seen every trick in the book. And so we bring to bear a really calming presence in that purchase process to guide the customer through what can objectively be a really tumultuous time. And three is the in-home experience. And the benefit of the rent-to-own model is that while you're with own home, you're protected under all of the same protections that any tenant has. So when the tap breaks, we're going to be getting a handyman out to fix it. And so we're really delivering that managed experience and one that our customers have been universally pleasantly delighted to see that the trials and tribulations of home ownership are really taken care of by own home. Plus, of course, something that is often incredibly surprising to folks, the ability to renovate your home. So, so far, more than half of our customers have already undertaken really substantial renovations. One of our customers in Queensland has put a pool into their property. And this is just something that you objectively can't do typically as a as a tenant. And so we're so excited to be able to pull forward that experience of being a homeowner and allowing our customers to invest in making their house a home. Rent to own is not a new idea. It's actually a major plank of housing access policy in the United Kingdom, the United States and Singapore, where house price growth has left wages growth in the dust. The model is straightforward enough once you get your head around it, and it's pretty obvious why we need something like this in Australia. Well, home deposit costs have soared in Australia as house price growth has greatly outpaced wage growth. Specifically, our generation now spends a decade longer in the workforce versus our parents to save for a deposit. So for a couple, that's 7,300 days spent as a renter instead of being a homeowner. And because of this, rates of home ownership have steadily declined, with more people being forced to rent for longer. And this is a hugely worrying issue, as homeowners typically retire with 20 times the wealth of renters, which is just one of the sort of social consequences that flows from unequal access to home ownership. And the reality is that we can no longer say that we live in a meritocracy when it comes to housing. The smartest move that you can make is to choose your parents well. And so what do I mean by that? Well, three in five first home buyers now rely on direct financial support from the bank of mum and dad. And that support averages somewhere in the realm of ninety dollars to $100,000. So own home is a path for those like myself who don't have access to or don't want to rely on that bank of mum and dad support. So with Own Home, there's the opportunity to get into your dream home without needing hundreds of thousands saved up front. That's exactly right. 
Own Home provides a transparent and certain path to home ownership where you get to choose your home and live in it from day one. And just to put some numbers to this, so with a typical 20% deposit plus stamp duty, you need almost 25% of the value of the home to move in. So that's $250,000 on a $1 million home. And so with Own Home, we've managed to reduce that upfront cost to just 3% or $30,000 on a $1 million home. And so we're really proud that it's up to eight times easier to get into your own home with Own Home versus a traditional mortgage. So this was the primary problem we needed to solve, and that is a financially realistic path to home ownership. But what we've learned is that the home buying journey itself is also broken. And so we're solving that too. And the problem is huge. In Australia, there are hundreds of thousands of families renting whose goal is one day to become homeowners. Residential real estate is the largest asset class in the world. In Australia, it reached $9 trillion this year, and two-thirds of our nation's wealth is tied up in housing. So the market is massive. And we, Australia, actually punch above our weight when we look at the size of our population. And it's really an indication of just how important home ownership is to Australia as a country and Aussie families. When the media talk about housing access, typically they focus on the lowest income bracket. And let's be clear, there is nowhere near enough support for almost anyone trying to get onto the property market, let alone those in social or affordable housing. But as Own Home is set up as an on-ramp to a mortgage, not a replacement for a mortgage, it's suited only to those who are able to make eventual mortgage repayments on the home. And to many people's surprise, this still accounts for hundreds of thousands of people living in Australia who fall into this funny middle bucket where they're too rich to qualify for financial or governmental support, but they're not rich enough to save that 20% without the bank of mum and dad. Our lived experience and observation in building own home is that the deposit barrier cuts right across the income and creditworthiness spectrum. So our customers are mostly between 25 to 40 with strong earnings and really strong credit scores. But the golden thread is that they almost all lack access to intergenerational wealth, and that is cash from the bank of mum and dad. So this group of Australians have the ability to service the ongoing payments of own home or a mortgage but just haven't saved up the deposit just yet. In terms of some common customer backgrounds, recent immigrants, some of our key customers, and 27% of Australia's population are first-generation migrants. And the data shows that these customers, by and large and understandably, don't have access to the intergenerational wealth required to purchase a home. And given that the median price is now well above a million dollars across almost all capital cities right around Australia. This is well and truly a nationwide problem. And so to give you, you know, a couple of examples, there's Simon and Mark up in Newcastle with their kids, Shway and Verunda in Sydney with their daughter, smart, accomplished professionals, but with newly immigrated, having newly immigrated to Australia and without the Aussie dollar earnings they needed for a deposit, we're so proud to be able to support them achieve their dream of home ownership. But other than that, it's really quite varied. We've got couples with kids, couples with dogs, those who want to pull in their backyard in Queensland, single applicants who want an apartment in the heart of Surrey Hills. And we're here to support all of those folks that need support overcoming the deposit hurdle.
And it's worth noting clearly and directly that own home isn't for everyone and that engaging with the property market does come with risks. In fact, as part of the buying process with own home, customers need to demonstrate that they have accessed independent advice and are fully aware of the upsides and downsides involved in using a service such as own home and engaging with the property market. It has been just 10 months since Own Home bought their first home for a customer, a beautiful apartment in Surrey Hills with a jacuzzi on the rooftop. And since then, dozens of families have started their journey to home ownership and the team have been on a roll. It's been a really phenomenal last 12 to 18 months with Own Home, filled with so many highlights. Overwhelmingly, those highlights have revolved around our customers moving into their own home and the delight that we get to be a part of. You know, right from purchasing Bowen Lance's home in Surrey Hills to now having a portfolio of properties up and down the East Coast with such a varied community that's in the own home family. It's been so incredible to be to be a part of. Of course, that journey has also involved making sure that we bring on the best possible coalition of partners to support us in tackling this enormous challenge. And so that has seen us bring on the Commonwealth Bank as a cornerstone strategic investor in Own Home. They're the largest supporter of first-home buyers in the country with you know, number one share of mortgages for first-home buyers. And we see that them as a, as a really critical partner for our customers as we look to transition them ultimately to, to full home ownership at the end of their own home journey. But let's go back to the beginning, before James was at Own Home, before he ran the investor due diligence team for Tiger Global at Bain, before he met Tim, back to his family home on the New South Wales Central Coast. It was really like an idyllic childhood. I grew up as one of five in a beautiful home. It was a really loud, busy household. Lucky to have great relationship with my siblings, great relationship with my parents, and really appreciate the stability and security that comes with having had, you know, what was quite frankly, like a really stable home. Many of my greatest memories are centered around our home, building tree houses with, you know, my friends that that live nearby. Certainly one of the most defining experiences growing up and was growing up with my old brother who was intellectually disabled from birth and that meant that I was witness to the selflessness every day of my parents in um, their devotion to supporting my brother live his best possible life and that was also incredibly motivating um, a daily reminder that you know out of pure luck I had the ability to chart my own destiny of course thanks to Um, the investment that my parents have made in all of our education. And it certainly drove a really sort of ingrained desire to make the most of the simplest opportunities that came my way. And I've been the beneficiary of innumerable opportunities. And so I'm really grateful to, you know, the upbringing that I had that, that really set me up. Tim and James met at college at the prestigious and, to quote James, kind of wanky St. Paul's College at Sydney Uni. Both were studying law and became fast friends. It was a, I guess it's like a really intimate place to live. So like every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you're like sharing with everyone else at, at the college. And so Tim and I were both on sort of like the student council together when we were at Paul, so sort of like proverbially like running the college, which was super fun. 
and and so we got to like I guess do that together in my final year at college and Tim's final year and so off the back of that we then moved out to Surrey Hills together into a share house with three other guys converted the living room into Tim's room with a fake wall and Tim also served as sort of like proverbial gatekeeper for our house I remember one morning walking down you know we lived our life like had breakfast went out to Surrey Hills wandered around and then came back and Tim was like oh I forgot to tell you all last night someone broke into the house and we're like what how did he's like oh yeah and the police came they dusted for fingerprints like dude what the hell and (laughs) he just uncovered it because there was stuff falling off his bookshelf because the guy was trying to open the window and knocking things off only for Tim to wake up leery eyed and the guy apologize and say oh sorry mate I dropped something Tim like kind of drifted back to sleep and then was like hang on what the fuck drop something in my room so yeah he he just kind of that was like pretty classic Tim in terms of just you know carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders and not even thinking anything of it now that I've spent a lot of time with both Tim and James I've observed their friendship and working relationship in action and it's really beautiful I know from my time at Square Peg how vital strong founder relationships are And one time over coffee, when we were still getting to know each other, I asked how they felt about each other. Without any hesitation, Tim said that they love each other. And at the heart of this business is this super special kernel of a friendship that makes their working relationship so productive. I guess we've really lived like a lot of life together. And so we've just had an incredible amount of time in each other's company we live together for what is i guess cumulatively seven years like and all in different sort of chapters like at college together moving out together like our first sort of jobs were like whilst living together we then of course like traveled overseas for six months on a road trip through mexico where we i guess that was like a really intimate living situation because we had we bought a car for like $1,500 in San Francisco and then drove that down to the bottom of Mexico over a six-month road trip and lived out of the back of that car with one of our other friends, Jesse. So who are both sort of like six foot one, six foot three individuals. So a little bit of a sardines living situation, but it was really, really wonderful. And then we also lived together when we made our way back to Australia after like working and and living overseas for six years and so that was when we came back and started own home and so that there's been all these little different chapters in our lives that we've been so intimately a part of in terms of like what's really special about tim like that's such a big driver i think of our, our relationship is sort of like the respect each of us has has for each other like tim's is just you know, a really incredible individual, full stop. His commitment to personal growth, I I think, is like unrivaled out of anyone I've ever come across in in my life. I remember a time when we were both at university and I think, you know, I'd taken it upon myself to, while I was doing an internship, to also take up a full-time job of consuming all seven series of The Sopranos. And in contrast, Tim had decided to instead train to cycle from Melbourne to Sydney. And so... The living room of our shared house was filled with chalk scrawls of quotes from Tour de France cyclists like, if you're in a fight with a gorilla, then you don't stop when the gorilla's... When you're tired, you stop when the gorilla's tired. Or, like, nonsense 
like that. And so Tim was just this constant fount of, I guess, like really inspiring dedication to, to personal growth and certainly someone that I try to channel like a lot of the values that, that he exudes and he's certainly made me like a much better person. And so I'm incredibly grateful to have that partnership. As is common with many founders and legal trainees, neither Tim nor James went on to be a lawyer. The grounding in law has definitely been useful at Own Home, but it wasn't their calling. James was swept into the world of strategy consulting, working for some of the most significant investors in the world, while Tim headed into investment banking before heading up the Middle East for fintech behemoth transferwise. Well, we actually charted a course that's probably pretty common for folks going through law school at Sydney, which is like entering some form of professional services in Sydney. And that was definitely like the dominant off-ramp for recovering, you know, aspiring lawyers in Sydney. So I went on to do strategy consulting at Bain and and Tim went on to do investment banking at, at Macquarie. You're right, that did take us in literally different directions because I moved with Bain to San Francisco and Tim moved overseas to London and the Middle East where... He went on to become, you know, head of the Middle East for TransferWise, like a, a global fintech player. For me in, in San Francisco, or, or maybe even like, you know, s- stepping back, like that move to the US, you know, I, I was dating a beautiful English girl who I was super keen to come with me. So we took the plunge and got married to navigate US immigration at the time. And, and here we are seven or eight years later, still happily married and, and charging through life together. But in San Francisco... I guess, was really fortunate to be at the epicenter of tech investing and fortunate, again, to have really great mentors at Bain, partners like Brian Krim, who oversaw sort of the the relationships and partnerships that we have with many of the world's largest growth and venture investors like Tiger, KOTU, Dragoneer. And so was fortunate, I guess, to sort of run teams on behalf of those global investors, helping them think through either thematics or very specific investment opportunities and really bring that critical diligence lens to the innumerable opportunities that came across their desk or opportunities that sort of we went out and sort of sourced and and scoured the world to, to understand. Tiger has a reputation for moving incredibly fast and they do move incredibly fast, but a really important enabler of their model has, and, and one that's sort of progressively become public is that they do rely on really thoughtful diligence partners. And so you'll see a lot of stories from founders that describe sort of coming across like a 200 Bain diligence pack that will have uncovered, you know, like every customer that they have and be playing back sort of the feedback from those customers, as well as unpacking some of the adjacent opportunities that might might flow from that. And that has certainly been like a real differentiator for them in being a partner to to founders above and beyond sort of the the fast and efficient checks that they write. I was also really fortunate to look at the thematic of affordability in the US and, and look at investment opportunities that, you know, Tiger publicly went on to invest 300 million into Divi Homes. So I had previously sort of brought this critical investor lens to bear on the rent-to-own model, but has also brought sort of the customer lens to bear. So while we were living in the US, earning a great income, had a great 
or you know, relatively recent and nascent credit score in the US, but didn't have the few hundred grand that was required to purchase like a one or two bedroom apartment in San Francisco. And so I was heading down the path of a rent to own player as our path to home ownership, which was zero down in San Francisco. And the only sort of source of diversion from that was actually coming back to Sydney to build own home. But for Holly and I, that was the path to home ownership that we were going to pursue in San Francisco. James has super fond memories of his time at Bain. People can have a million different experiences at a firm as large as Bain is. But I was really fortunate to have a series of just incredible mentors who exemplified values that I've looked to carry forward in my life. You know, a few of those that come to mind would be, you know, Pete Winnell, who was prior to Bain, like incredibly senior in the Australian SAS and was just a constant conduit of like exemplifying servant leadership. And Bain and, and probably many professional services places are built on an apprenticeship model. And the experience you have will very much be determined by by the mentor that, that you have. And so for me, you know, Pete Winnell stands out as, as, you know, constantly exemplifying that servant leadership. I also saw that from many of the partners in San Francisco. Brian Krim comes to mind as someone who, you know, really valued like talent over tenure, which is not necessarily an easy thing to do in a place that is, of course, a meritocracy, but also has elements of being sort of a rigid hierarchy. And so the opportunities that I was given to sort of run retainer teams for, you know, our large and and most important clients like Tiger and and Dragonair and folks like that um, were in large part because of the bet that mentors like Brian Krim um, placed in, in me and sort of the the free reign that they gave me to um, to do really exciting, motivating work and sort of the the full reign that, that I was afforded there. But the calling to build something with Tim and also their friend Jesse was always in the back of his mind. And over the years, they gave a few things a shot. We always knew that we wanted to build something together and we'd certainly, you know, tried to, to, to build things together. We started a subscription coffee business here in Sydney. That itself was born out of the fact that I visited Tim while he was studying in Tel Aviv for a semester and came across a subscription coffee business. And Starbucks has only failed really in two geographies, and that's Israel and Australia. And so for us, that seemed like the, the crack in the pavement, an opportunity for how do we bring sort of that collective network effect to bear on what is a really strong boutique cafe culture here in, in Sydney? Anyway, so so that, that was a fail. It's definitely hard to create marketplace businesses and the, and the classic chicken and the egg dilemma of it's a really compelling proposition to cafes when you've got thousands of customers and it's a really compelling proposition to customers when you've got hundreds of cafes signed up. But how do you create that kernel of value to, you know, a, a small but growing subset of super users? 
But in the end, it was a weekly Zoom call where Tim and James landed on housing affordability and access as the challenge they wanted to spend their careers solving. Not by design, but mostly because, except for climate change, they kept coming back to it being the most pressing issue that either of them faced. We were, I guess, really methodical about that journey to, to building something together. So we were both in different parts of the world in, in, in 2020. At, during the pandemic, I was in London for 12 months and Tim was in the Middle East. And we got on a Zoom every Saturday for a few hours and made sure that each of us was bringing sort of really great and thoughtful ideas to the table. Ones that, you know, had to be problems that we were excited to dedicate our lives to. You know, we saw this next chapter as being one that we were in pursuit of finding our life's work together. But we knew that the sort of broad parameters of that meant that we needed to be working with people that we really enjoyed and respected on a problem that was immense and deeply motivating to us. And so we kept circling around this thematic of housing affordability and housing access, one that had certainly been sort of a, a dominant feature in our own lives, that, that sort of desire and journey to achieve some form of security that comes from, from home ownership. And we also sort of reflected on the realisation that that was a problem that not only we had faced, but our siblings had faced. And as we sort of broadened the aperture, many of our friends were in that position of not having access to the bank of mum and dad, but universally, you know, like more than capable of making the monthly payments of a mortgage that are broadly, you know, often equivalent to, to rental payments. Once the decision was made on the topic, they put their high growth startup investor due diligence minds together to consider all the ways they could square the circle of housing access and affordability in Australia. So we knew that housing affordability was the problem that we wanted to devote ourselves to. And so the question then became, what is the model that is going to deliver really incredible outcomes for customers whilst also providing the basis of building a really sustainable business. And so we thought about, you know, the full spectrum of possible paths to home ownership. And pretty quickly, you know, rent to own emerged as the clear candidate for us to get to work building. It's a model that we could see was flourishing overseas in places that we had lived. In the UK, it's an incredibly important part of their housing access program. The Canadian government has just announced a billion dollar support program for public-private partnerships in, in rent to own. And we even had representatives of the Canadian government reach out to us to see when Own Home would be launching in Canada. It's an incredibly mature model in the US. And we saw that in Australia, there was a really unique opportunity to bring this model to folks who were under-supported in terms of the government relief that's available to support folks making their way onto the property ladder. It was also pretty quickly apparent that this is a problem that we needed to build the right coalition to help us tackle. And we knew that Own Home was really taking off when we won the Commonwealth Bank Accelerator Program 
which led to backing from a major bank and, and cash funding. Of course, since then, we've welcomed SquarePeg and CBA on as major strategic investors, along with others. Now the team are nearly a year in. There have been a thousand lessons from a thousand experiences, whether that's how to successfully fundraise from debt providers, banks, global tier one VCs, hire a brilliant team, build a serviceability engine, operationalize customer success and delight, or just run your own calendar so that it doesn't run you. But the one that James is super proud of is the team values that have emerged over time and what this allows the team to do. Until now, it was you know simple enough with a small team and Tim and I being in absolute lockstep to channel these values almost by accident. But now that we've actually taken the steps to formalize them. I really don't know how we lived without these being so explicitly stated as our guiding principles. It's really the guide for how we act with our partners, how we support our customers, and how we support each other as teammates. And those values are high humility, owner, constantly growing, sweating the inputs, and blowing minds. So High humility, you know, when we're building something new, we know that we need to be open to the possibility that there's a better way to do something. And so having a low ego is absolutely crucial to being open to new ideas. And the team here at Own Home exemplifies this every day. In terms of owner, you know, end-to-end ownership, in its simplest terms, you know, if you walk past something, you pick it up. You don't assume that it's someone else's problem or that once you've handed something off, you don't need to concern yourself with the downstream consequences. And that owner mindset is also a long-term mindset. We want the whole team building for scale. Um, the kind of business we're in is, at its core, you know, a legal and financial problem with consequences that we will see in years to come. And so the team thinks in those terms too and is constantly looking around corners, constantly growing. You know, the pace of change is incredibly high at any high growth business. And often you'll hear around the office, you know, chart your own learning curve. We have a super generous education budget, which the team actually uses, which is unusual in many companies. The team are all on their own personal mission to be really incredible versions of themselves. An example of this is, you know, our new ops manager was previously the founder of a hydrogen business, literally converting a waste stream from breweries into energy. And that's not something that you'd immediately think of as readily translatable to housing affordability and access. But that mindset of constantly growing is so deeply exemplified by him that he's absolutely thriving and bringing that mindset to bear on behalf of our customers and also building an operations engine that is capable of scaling and and serving thousands of customers. Sweating the inputs, you know, this is one that Tim has certainly channeled from his days as a national rower, in which I think it was inculcated that by following the process, the outcomes would take care of themselves. Or, you know, you could rest assured that the outcomes would be ones that you could be proud of. For me, this is a version of a value that I've certainly felt I'm channeling from my time at Bain, where there was approximate version of this value, which was zero defect, which I think is certainly appropriate in, say, a professional services context, but perhaps, you know, too much of a fear factor or handbrake in the context of a startup. But what sweating the inputs means, you know, is is sweating the, the, the simple things and, and making sure that we've got systems to check our own work and make sure that we're, you know, observing the mistakes and helping set ourselves up to avoid them, to avoid repeating them. Blowing minds. This is really about going above and beyond. 
it's less about the feedback of, you know, were minds blown, but rather the introspection of what would it look like to go above and beyond here? And how could I do that? A small version of that would be, you know, our customer success lead who has championed the carve out of a budget to surprise and delight our customers at critical moments, like the birth of a child. And she was actually one of, I think, you know, if not the first person to be messaged with the photo of one of our customers' children and really speaks to the degree to which she lives out this value of blowing minds at own home. In the last year and a half, James and the team have done a whole lot of learning about how to build this business that is called Own Home. And I asked him to summarize some of his key thoughts. So a key hypothesis that we had is that there are, you know, really high credit worthy, like high income Australians that are looking for a path to home ownership that doesn't first require them to have saved $350,000 up front. And we've seen that hypothesis well and truly play out. So we ended up on the front page of the AFR and we had 7,000 applications to own home in the following two weeks. And we've felt, you know, ever since we've started building own home, a real sense of urgency to help as many aspiring homeowners as we can, as quickly as we can. But of course, that's also meant being really thoughtful about how do we apply breaks on the business as we look to build an incredibly sustainable generational business that's here to support Australians for the long term. So it's been less than a year since we purchased our first home on behalf of one of our customers, but there have been so many reflections along the journey so far. I think, you know, reflections are an incredibly important part of any business, but they're a hugely important part of the own home culture. You know, what are some of those really important reflections? I think on team, I'd say, of course, there are incredible solo founders out there. But for me, you know, my reflection is just how critical it's been to have a partner that I love and trust and respect. And of course, is a really like critical counter to to many of my own foibles. A reflection is that the mission has to sustain you. Like building a business is incredibly hard and I couldn't imagine doing something this difficult if I didn't really care about it. Another, I think, really important reflection is on energy management. And as, as, as cliched as it may sound, the realization that there isn't necessarily a destination that's going to feel incredible when we arrive there you know as tempting as it may be to think everything will be amazing when we have xx million in revenue or we're worth y billion as a company the reality is that i'm almost certain i'll look back wistfully on the era of it being tim and i in a room above world bar looking out at air convents as some of the most incredible parts of that journey and so i'm really conscious of trying to, you know, really enjoy each chapter. And the chapters seem to come thick and fast in building a a high growth business. A other, you know, really important reflection is that founders need to be prepared to have 
their flaws, you know, reflected back at them in the business that they build. Startups and high growth businesses are not a business for fragile egos. You need to be prepared to grow and take things on the chin and certainly to be persistent. We know that there will be countless people who say no, and it's our responsibility to be the cheerleader for the own home cause, for our customers' cause, and for the team here. Of course, the funding partners that you choose are really critical. You know, venture-backed businesses, your funding partners will often, you know, hold some form of the keys to the kingdom. And we've been so incredibly grateful that the Commonwealth Bank, Square Peg, Afterwork, Entree Capital, GFC, have all been so incredibly supportive of the mission and the business that we're building here at Own Home. The, the vision we have for Own Home is that we will support more aspiring homeowners become homeowners than any other business in Australia. And we also know that we're going to relish the small moments of delight on that journey to achieving that vision. I know that one of the imminent moments of delight will certainly be when one of our customers offboards from own home to a bank mortgage and truly becomes a, a homeowner and one that we're all working hard to put our customers in the best position to be able to do. And I, I, that'll be in the next um, year or two, which is in, incredibly exciting. That is it for this episode and officially for me behind the mic here too. Many, many thanks to James for his time. We ended up recording this episode in two call boxes right next to each other in our beautiful office in Potts Point. Again, a huge thank you to the Squarepeg team for sharing this story and for letting me run rampant on the microphone yet again. If you're interested in housing access or you want to understand more about how Own Home works, you can head to ownhome.com or you can type into Google O-W-N-H-O-M-E. We're also in all the regular places on social media and we're pretty contactable too. 